guys know when stuff stuff just happens and so stuff started happening crazy stuff and um, I had to come in here and get Pastor Jamie to fix my laptop and I work in IT for 50 years okay that's just where so then imagine what you might get today if you don't pray because uh yeah I'm telling you uh it's just crazy stuff that's been happening and happening so um but I know, you know, you don't have to tell me that the enemy is uh, trying to stop, stop the flow. Yeah, that's what he does. And, um, you know, his days are numbered. And um, I'm not being, um, I'm not one of those that the devil doesn't have any teeth. I know that he does because he literally takes people to hell with him. And um, so uh, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is I just thank God that he's going to sustain us and deliver us, hi Maya, and, and take us where we ought to go. Um, so all that being said, um, I entitled, well, see, Pastor Jamie's sermon was so good last week. No, it really was that we talked about it and talked about it. Did we not talk about it? And then people are talking, they're still talking about it. And then um, um, everywhere I sent it, I've been getting all this feedback. And then, uh, and he entitled it Bad Sex. And, you know, and so I thought that maybe I could do something like that and entitle my sermon Ghetto Bride. So that way, you know, I, we'll just keep the decline in the titles just going. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, so... Uh, Ghetto bride. Now, this I won't be just crazy. Uh, I just it really ghetto bride came to me, and I thought about it. Maybe, anyway. And so um, I, I didn't get the scripture to Keisha. So you guys bear with me. Maybe if she follows along, she might put them up here. But I'll read John fourteen two and three. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you will be also. Um, so I, I started my sermon off last week, uh, week before last with this, because I'm always talking about trying to get into heaven and uh, the Lord coming to get us and those sorts of things. So my question is, why does Jesus go to prepare a place for us? Because this present place is cursed. And uh, Genesis 3.17 says, And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten off the tree which I commanded you not to eat, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Um, so an argument could ensue that we're, we're no longer cursed because Jesus broke the curse, Right? Um, but he broke the curse so that we don't die the second death, right? We're still dying around here. So it would be crazy to think <laughs> that this, this curse, this is embarrassing. Uh, yeah, this curse is, uh, is uh, that part of the curse. We're still being um, transformed into his likeness. We still have to go through some things. We're still dying unless he comes back for us before we die. And so um, we have this to contend with. So Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He took the curse of God on himself so that every believer would be blessed rather than cursed. So 
there's a blessing for every believer, right? He took the curse upon himself so that every believer would be blessed and not cursed, right? Bless the Lord. And so um, rather than curse, because there's a curse that's coming. Well, that well, the effect of a curse that's coming is um, it's, it's, it's never ending. It's life without God forever and ever and ever and ever. No one wants that. You may think, and then by the sound of Hollywood and all the people, you know, um, a lot of people are delving into the occult and they're, you know, swearing that hell is nice and they had a good trip there and all this kind of sort of stuff. Well, um, we know better. Uh, We believe God. That's the last place we want to go. And we don't even want our enemies to go there. And so um, eternal damnation is eternal. It's forever and ever. So if we compare our lives or that statement to our lives, you know, we might think, well, you know, we go in, we're poof, we're done with. But that's not it. Our souls live on somewhere forever. And so... um, we want them to be with God. Where God is, there's light, there's beauty, there's, you know, sufficiency, there's love, there's hospitality, there's genuine everything that this place is becoming less than rapidly, right? So if we're not with God, if, if, if we're with God, of course, God sustains us. But outside of God, there's no, there's nothing to count on. Okay, it, so don't even try to imagine. <laughs> you can't have, a, I mean, I would imagine, and as far as I can go, is that if I was into something and I'm craving it and I die without God, then I'll have no more access to that craving ever. Right? Um, I heard a story once um, about a guy in the nursing home that was nearing his end, but he was crying out for perversion, crying out for it. You know, it didn't matter to him what was coming out of his mouth, which was vulgar, and you could hear it in the whole nursing home, but his heart was actually speaking what it wanted through a vessel that is no longer able to control what his heart is craving. And so it was coming out, right? I would imagine then if he died in that state, there's going to be a constant craving for something you'll never have fulfilled again. If you wanted a drink of water, you're not going to get it. You know, so, I mean, you know, just kind of giving a, whatever kind of example that is, I think it's worse than my example. But, um, yeah, we, we, we definitely don't want to go to hell, and we don't want our friends to go there. So, um, uh, I'm moving to mark these right. Okay. So obviously, we still die in these human bodies. Jesus broke the curse that would cause our eternal separation from God. Uh, He never uh, said we wouldn't die. As a matter of fact, he said we, many of us, would suffer unto death. And we're not promised to be kept from persecution, but we're kept or through persecution. So it's not that there will be no persecution. Don't let these people lie to you. That is something you've done all the time when bad things happen. Um, 
it could be God's allowing a test. He doesn't test us, but he'll allow us to go through some things to perfect us. In the end, there's a blessing. There's a blessing for enduring because we count it on God. Right? Bless the Lord. And so um, um, we don't need to be reminded of the current conditions of these or this environment that we're living in. Um, we have pandemics. We have the media lying. They lie like Satan. There's some truth with lies mixed in, you know. We have false reporting causing frenzies, prison releases. So there's murders on the rise. They're, they're just going up. More hideous murders than before. Just unbelievable. You know, what, what used to be a crime story that we would hear about on one of those shows is just now is blatant public and just look, look on your cell phone. Here, you, you can see it. The neighbors can see it. It's all over the place. Uh, heinous crimes. We got jabbings. We got stabbings and nabbings. Uh, we have meth use all over the place, psychotics everywhere, pestilences, ailments, drunkenness, homelessness, disease, government corruptions, government overreach, government authoritarianism. We have business monopolies adding to closures of businesses that are already being closed because of the pandemic, hyper-pandemic promotions. And shutdowns occurring all over the place. We have cheating, scandals, filthiness, and nastiness. We have all that. And, um, you know, these are the reasons why Jesus had to go to prepare a place for us. Okay? Um, I don't think he's happy with the current conditions. He wants better for us. Bless the Lord. Um, so... Um, <clears throat> Why does Jesus go to prepare a place for us? We're his bride. We're literally the bride of Christ. And I don't mean that when you think of a bride and you getting together with your husband, this isn't a homosexual thing. There's, it's not about sex. Okay? It's, it's not. So what the analogy that's being used here is a relationship that's it's no other. It's, it's so close. We're, we're really family. We're really brotherly love, right? And then agape love. So, you know, phileo and agape, right? So it's, it's, it's that kind of thing, but it's tight. And um, so he wants us to be one with him in that way, right? Bless the Lord. And so, um, so guys, you don't have to feel all crazy when you hear I'm the bride of Christ. You, you know what I mean? Because it, it's not limited to females in this sense, right? All right, so, um, yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, what, what, what? Yeah, you know, this must be another doctrine, you know. But anyway, um, so um, here's actually where we were created. We couldn't just go with Jesus when he left, okay? We couldn't. He, the, the disciples wanted to go with him. But we couldn't go because we were created here, okay, from the dust of the ground. And as far as I understand it, we were created to inhabit this place. It's our home. We came from this place, but there's more. Jesus came from heaven to earth. We will go from earth to heaven. And then heaven and earth will be reunited, and the reason why I say reunited, and I think I spoke on this before, is that heaven and earth were 
united. Eden was heaven on earth. That's, that's a fact. And then there was a banning of entering into that realm when Adam was kicked out. Okay? That will be rejoined. Okay? And I have some backup for that. Because Richard's looking at me like, you need some backup to back that up. So, so, um, <laughs> so, help me, Lord. Um, Eden is on the holy mountain of God. We lost our access to Eden in the fall. That access will be restored. The place Christ is preparing for us will be a large place. Now, this New Jerusalem is as big as India is wide and tall. Right? Okay. So, um, um, obviously, we're part of a bigger offspring. Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel, so um, we're still populating until God says, okay, that's it. There's, there's enough. Or my plan was so many would be uh, procreated. Right? Is that the word? Yeah, when you have a babies? Yeah, right. So, and then this ends, okay, because it's going to end because Christ is going to return to earth. Okay. Um, for the millennial reign in, in this regard. So, so, all right. So, Eden is on the holy mountain of God because Ezekiel 28, 11 through 16 says a number of things. I won't read it all, but when he's addressing the king of Tyre, Again, he's um, making it clear that Satan is the focal point of this address. And it says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, topaz, diamond, burl onyx, and jasper, and, you know, sapphire, and all kinds of many more. Then in chapter four, uh, verse 14, it says, you were an anointed cherub, guardian cherub. I placed you you were on the holy mountain of God. The holy mountain in Eden, which is referred to coming up as the paradise. God's paradise, okay? The paradise of God. Okay, so um, I said before that Eden was, uh, I got this from the Bible Project guys, that Eden must have been... Um, a mountain because it had four rivers running out of it, the Gion, the Phison, the Tigris, and the Euphrates. Rivers run downward. So Eden must have been upward, right? Because that's where all the life source is coming from if that's where God is, right? Okay, so um, God described um, Eden, and we know that Adam was in Eden, right? He and Eve. He, they were created outside of Eden and then placed in Eden and then booted back out of Eden. Okay? So, right? So, um, so um, <clears throat> we're still not ready yet to physically enter into eternal dwellings. This is why the Lord's plans are to give us a new superhuman body, a body that's capable of entering into his presence. We, we can't go now. Poof. You know, look, Moses couldn't see him, right? Just my train, whatever that was, a vision. But we, we just can't come like you couldn't go into the Holy of Holies in any way. And so, um, so it will take, it will actually take a renewing. We'll be redone, right? 
and, and this is kind of where, uh, you know, what's amazing to me is that it's not only us that will be reunited with God, but this earth will be reunited with heaven, right? It's a reuniting of, of not just us, meaning Adam and Eve lost their unification with God, that that will be restored if they're believers, somebody tell me later, you know, I believe they are because Eve started talking about, oh, the Lord promised this and promised that and all that. So, um, but, but there will be a restoration there for people and places and things. So anything God created doesn't die forever. There's no total annihilation. It's separation. Okay, that's what we have, right? Bless the Lord. Separation. Okay, so we don't want to be separated from our life-sustaining source, right? And because we can only imagine, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what he has in store for us, we can hardly imagine. But I just, when I'm walking down the street now, and poop full streets and all kinds of syringes and all kinds of crazy stuff, I just imagine gold streets, just imagine that sometime. Just think about it. This, this won't last. We won't be left here in this mess. This is really bad. It's, it, it's, it's really, and it's getting worse. But it's not God's plan for us to stay here for eternity. It, it, not in this condition, right? So, um, so we can spiritually connect with God. And enter into eternal dwellings. Now that might be hard to do because a lot of us, we think we're spiritual in some ways anyway. You know, you've heard this, you've been prophesied over in your life by sister prophet, apostle, whoever. And she done slapped you upside the head and prophesied over you and everything. And so you left to believe she's spiritual and I'm not. Right. A lot of us think <laughs> we're spiritual. And so, yeah, we've come, look. We're here today because God has brought us through some crazy teachings and doctrines and stuff. And yet, here we are, right? Still conforming to the truth. There's something special about you. It is. He's working in you to give you a new light on things, a new, a new outlook. This is, and you're still here. And, and I'm telling you, a lot of people have checked out in that money doctrine belief system and all that they're gone right but we know better and that's a blessing in itself right okay bless god no 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 for real and so um so for now we have to stay here and become one so christ wants us to become one like he and the father are one right um like a family that loves each other as christ loves us and reflect his light into a dark world or his truth into a world covered with lies right now. And so, um, you know, and what that doesn't mean is that, okay, say for instance, Janetta believes in the, all about the um, pandemic and the virus and stuff. And say, uh, Anne doesn't. Okay, so Janetta has proof. Okay, so she's telling Anne. This is the proof. This is really, really it, right? She could have some truth. But that's not the truth that we're supposed to be spreading about the gospel. You get it? So when I'm saying we come up with truth, 
I'm not saying that we go and parrot what we're hearing that sounds truthful to us about what's going on in the media. What I'm saying is what we do is we tell the truth of the kingdom where there'll be no more pandemic or fake pandemic or whatever it might be. This, we won't experience. This is our rescue plan is to tell the people the truth about the kingdom, right? Because right now we're sitting in truth. We didn't used to always, but somehow he circumvented us into a place smaller, right? It gets a little bit more constrained, a little bit more because narrow is the way. Okay, I'm sorry. And so there's going to be, we have sister churches. We're a big conglomerate. But right now it's being weeded out. I don't care how it looks or what, who might think what. We're trying to tell the truth to each other. So it's going to get a little narrow, right? Bless God. Bless the Lord. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, you know, uh, so, I named this title. All right, so forget that. Sinners go to Hades. You know, where there's great torment, and we know from that parable about the rich man and Lazarus, right? Um, I always refer to that too, but um, they go to, the sinners go to Hades and um, await their judgment, but we go to paradise, okay? That's a good place to be. All right, that means we get to enter back at our death, we get to enter back into Eden in our spiritual since our souls get to enter back into Eden. Um, when God comes for us, um, when this harpazel great rapture event happens, the dead in Christ rise first. They get their superhuman bodies. Now they can go in and out of Eden, from Eden to earth and earth to Eden, right? And then we get ours, okay? This is exciting news. That means that, you know, no more need to um, uh, color your mustache, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't color mine, by the way, but there's no, no more need. No, Look, some of the stuff we're having to do as we get older, young people don't understand, okay? <laughs> right? All right. Th- this will all end, right? Okay. So, um, what's, what's happening is... <laughs> So, um, so, so what's happening is, is that we'll be, we'll be on our way to a more exciting home with God. And I mean, look, I can't, I can't explain what the Holy Spirit will do in us to build that hope, but he will stay in his word, stay in fellowship with each other, stay communing, Right. He will start building in us a desire that we'll walk through fire, right? This pandemic won't stop us from trying to reach the lost. I'm telling you now, it's not something that if I told myself right now, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to say this, I have a fear in some of the stuff that I do. I do. I'm not just ready to go walk up to Killer Joe and start talking about the gospel. But the work that he'll do in me with the hope that lies within me will cause me to do just that. 
like a, almost like a, a, a person that I'm not because it's him. It's his spirit working in me, right? Bless the Lord. Bless God. Yeah, it's not me. It's him. Yield to him. And so <clears throat> um, Christ will return for his millennial reign. And at the same time, prior to this reign, Satan wants all of us dead. There's no human being that he cares for. I don't care if you were actively serving him with no shame like the Luciferians. You're being used. He, you're dying too, eventually. And it will be the second death. So there's no one that he doesn't have the capacity to love. It's kind of like when you see those movies and you, you just wonder how she did all this and this and this for him and, or vice versa. And he just, you know, he smiles and loves and greets her and he just has, he doesn't have it. it, it um, Scott Peterson that, that comes to mind. I mean, he kills his wife and then tries to go and have his happiness. Right? Right? Okay, so you, you wonder... Where do you get that? Well, how is it that your soul, right? Where, where does that callousness come from? It comes from Satan. This is him and the umpteenth power, right? Right. So he can present himself as an angel of light and make you think that, hey, hell is not, it's not what they told you about. This is where the real party is or whatever the case may be. But it's a lie, Right. And so uh, he wants all humanity destroyed. And a couple of reasons is because we inherit things that he used to have. Um, Satan used to, he was described in all his splendor by the Lord. You know, his mountings and all of the design that he had was just perfect. And the Bible says perfect in all your ways was he, right? That's, that's a big deal. God, you know, I'm telling you, <laughs> Satan must have had it going on. All right. Now... Those same stones are being mentioned on this new Jerusalem that's coming down out of the sky for us. Okay? We're about to be perfect in all our ways and our mountings and our crowns and our rings and our seals and signs. Things he lost. These things will become ours. So without God, of course you'd be jealous. You'd be jealous if they gave you a promotion over her. Right? It's, it's like, okay, but now you're giving her everything that was mine. Right? So it makes sense we have an angry foe out there trying to destroy us. Does it make sense? Bless the Lord. It makes perfect sense. So um, Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written... Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He took the curse of God on himself so that every believer would be blessed rather than cursed. Um, Christ is going to, um, first of all, he paid the price for us, right? He died in our place, all right? So we have what he afforded through that effort right now, um, you can't come with me now, but let me get you ready to come with me and be with me in the future. There's more to it than just you. There's a lot more people out here that my father wants for me, right? And so we have to be patient 
and wait. And during that time that we're waiting, we're being perfected. We're being redesigned. It's starting in here. Okay? We can see it and other people know something's wrong with her. She's different. You ain't even said nothing. Because they're not under God. So they have a different way of interpreting things. I don't know what it is. Let me get to know her. It's because you have the spirit of God living in you. Right? There's no reason. They can't see a reason why we're not out there throw down, vomiting, and partying still. They can't under, why would you throw this away? This is your life. In a minute, you're going to lose your whole life. Live life to the full. They can't understand why we resist and reject. Right? It's the truth. So, they, 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 so they're trying to figure us out. This is, they're just pretending to be holy. They're trying to pretend to be something more than they are, right? This is what we contend with on our jobs and in the neighborhoods and everywhere. That's why it's just really not good to fall for the okey-doke. Don't run with them. Because once you do, then you're more compelled to relax. And next thing you know, you're saying the vulgarities they're saying, and you're drinking the drink, and next thing you know, you're ripping and rolling and running. And that's your credit to the king that died for you on the cross. Okay, so we want to uphold this groom of ours, all right, and live our lives out according, because he's coming back for an unblemished bride. So we live with that expectation that any day, either I'm going to leave here and go, or he's going to come here, right? But we're, we're, look, and this is, This is the real deal. God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life, right? That death is significant. It's a significant death, okay? It means life or death to us. And I'm talking about the second death. We don't want the second death. We don't want the separation. We, we don't want it. Um, so, marriages in Bible times were not made for love. Okay? Not necessarily. Um, go find me a bride. Doesn't mean I've been longing for her. Right? You go get a bride. Eliezer went and got a bride for Isaac, right? And that's pretty much uh, indicative of the Holy Spirit going out to get a bride for Christ. In so many ways, if you read that story again, you'll see so many comparisons of what the Holy Spirit did in this case. Um, Right, a bride was, uh, was, um, was... basically paid for, okay, right? So we've been paid for, and now the Holy Spirit has come to get us and lead us back to Jesus, like Rebecca was led back to Isaac, okay? Don't kick and scream. Throw your hands up and ask the Lord, help me on this journey, right? I want to be fitting for Christ, Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So, all that being said, 
it's possible that the bride and bridegroom never even met before they were married. Right? Never even met. Yeah. And if you think of uh, <clears throat> Joseph and Mary, um, once you're engaged, that is a marriage. And we're engaged right now because when Joseph realized that Mary was with child, he thought to divorce, divorce her. They hadn't gone through a ceremony, right? But that was his wife through the engagement. And he said, no, I'll divorce her privately so not to put her to shame. You get it? Jesus said, no, I don't care. I want the ghetto bride. Okay. <laughs> she already got it. She already pregnant. I don't care. I want her. Right? Think about it. We then laid around. <laughs> Look, Christ didn't come here. Look, his choice is not the choice the world would think. Okay? He came for the downtrodden, the has-beens. Okay? The lower, insignificant people. And he's going to make us superior to everyone else that thinks they're superior now. The lowest will be the highest. This is what we're entering into. Not only the marriage of all marriages, but the person that can make us everything no one could ever do for themselves. We're, we're never, we'll never achieve the status that he's going to give us. And for eternity? Okay? All right. There's something that would make us think. I want to do right. I want to serve you. I want to do what's right for you, Lord. I don't care. I don't deserve you. Right? I've been the woman at the well. Five husbands and one that ain't and all that. Right? Because our sin makes us incompatible for such a holy person. But God in his infinite wisdom and love. Right? He said, you're right. I want her. I know what I can do in her and give her to my son. This is the arrangement that I want for my son. Bless the Lord. Bless God. Bless the Lord. So uh, it was a common custom for the bride to join the groom's father's household. We're going to the groom's father's household. That's where we're going. And he went to prepare a place. So once you get engaged in everything, it's the groom's job to prepare the place for the bride. That's, and then he comes back and gets the bride. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I can't imagine what place that is, but I do know that there will be a new Jerusalem coming down out of the sky that looks like a bride. Okay? I think we got something big coming. There'll be room enough for all the families that have been, what, just consider these families, stepfather and the next stepmother and the, you know, the brother, is that my, that's my cousin from my mama's friend. You know, all of this intertwined. <laughs> We're more related to each other in Christ than we would ever be. Ever. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. Thank you. Bless God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So um, this isn't long. 
because it's not long. It could go long because you guys know I can go, but <laughs> bride is prepared. So the bride is, a propo- is supposed to prepare for her new role, okay? Gather her personal belongings and adjust relationships and parents and siblings and friends in some cases. You got to get out of here. The, the groom is coming. I can't hang with you. You're going to make me miss my opportunity. I want to look a certain way for him, right? So we may have to cut some ties, okay? We're not just doing it because we're professing Christians. We're doing it because he lives in us and he's compelling us to do this. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Look, your your flesh is going to tell you right now, well, yeah, he's right, but I'm not going to stop my margaritas. Look. That's the reason why you'd stop those margaritas. I would tell you, I would tell you, okay, well, just drink pina pina coladas. The the fact of the matter is, is because you said you're not going to stop your margarita. That would be the problem. You get it? I'm not saying you can't drink margaritas. I don't drink. But what I'm saying is if you say in your heart, God is going to focus on that very thing that you say in your heart, that's going to separate you from what he wants to do in you. Right? So get it clear. David said you can't drink. I don't drink. I would recommend that you don't drink. I'm not saying that drinking is going to stop you from entering the kingdom. I'm saying what, what did God say? Until you said in your heart. Right? Bless the Lord. All unrighteousness was found in you because you said in your heart. Okay? What did I say? I only said that I'm not going to quit margaritas. That's telling me, the Lord, that you're not going to do something you're not sure if I even want you to do. You're setting up a standard for yourself. And my standard is higher than the heavens. Right? Right? So let's not make these decrees and, you know, (laughs) inside. Let's ask the Lord. Yes, Lord. Um. It may look like David's asking me to cut this and cut that and some of this is, but do in me what I don't want to do. And let me, let me just relax and let you do this job in me because you're making me right for your son. I'm just submitting. Help me submit. Help me. Bless the Lord. Bless God. Bless the Lord. Um, so... Let me go all the way down here. Uh, I don't know where all this stuff came from. Pastor Jamie did this when he... <laughs> he added some stuff when he fixed my laptop. <laughs> you read that. <laughs> so, so I'm done. Um, but I, I just want to make a point. Um, <clears throat> If you think about, uh, if you think about, thank you, Lord, because uh, it's kind of tied up anyway. But if you think about um, the Cinderella story, we've all seen Cinderella. And then, uh, you know, they, they, the family rejected and denounced her, and she sat over by the fire. She was dirty as the, you know, yeah, all dirty and, and everything, right? And so then the fairy godmother comes and dings her and, you know, and it makes her suitable for the 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 dance or whatever the the ball or, or whatever it is, and um, 
I think there's something we can draw from that fairy tale. I almost said parable, but fairy tale. And, um, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so if, um, if she's, you know, been deprived, like the fairy tale says, she would have needed more than a gown and a crown, right? She needs a work done in here, right? So, look, we can put on a face, right? You look good in your crown and gown, Dorothy. Yeah. And then we think we got it. And I've seen this before with people growing up. They look every bit of elegant. And then they put on a show and start talking with a British accent. You know, you know because that sounds more diplomatic. Right? But then bump into them. Oh, you so-and-so-and-so. Right? This, all this came out of this gown and crown wearing Cinderella. Cinderella needs more than just an outer appearance. So what we want to get ready, because that prince, he married her or whatever, but he had problems. See, the story doesn't tell you that. Because she was ghetto. Come on to the dinner table. I'm fine sitting right here by the fire. You know, just leave me alone. She's got issues. This is what she used to. So we have issues. The Lord wants to really work in us, right? Inwardly, so that we can be everything he wants for his son. So this is a message basically to the body of believers, you know. And so when I, all I want to do is just pray real quick. Or if anyone wants to pray behind this message, I, I do that sometimes. Yeah, please yeah and then yeah and then and so and that's it I'm going to conclude the message and let somebody that yeah can, can, can pray behind the message and, and then we'll be prayed for bless the Lord <laughs> 